Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host, I am Chris Steffen. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Buckler. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Ken. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Chris. How are you doing today? Uh, you know what is another day in paradise and, uh, finally starting to get back into the full swing of things after RSA. It was a great conference, but the workload just piles up while we are gone. That said, so many different things to catch up on that have happened in the news recently. And one of the things that I wanted to talk specifically about is the latest fine leveled by the EU against our friends over at Facebook Meta, $1.3 billion as a GDPR privacy violation. And I have said from the very get-go, I believe that you can't really have a strong and understanding, advanced, mature data security policy without understanding how the various security and privacy regulations are going to impact that particular policy. And we're finally getting to the point where there has been enough findings and enough fines and research done to understand exactly what some of those fines and processes are going to look like. This latest one is huge. 1.3 billion is a pretty big chunk for just about everybody. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it's adjudicated, you know, if it's obviously appealed, what it's really going to mean. Ken, I know that you read a little bit about it. What what did you think about that fine and, and some of the findings? Well, you know, I know that, you know, the the 1.2 billion euros seems like a very large number. Um, however, when you look at Facebook slash Meta's actual annual revenue of 117 billion, that puts it at about 1% of their actual annual revenue. So I'm, I, I do kind of wonder, do they you know, actually just consider that as part of the cost of doing business at this point, or are they actually going to, to take steps to address it further? I'm not sure. So yeah, let's, let's drill down into that, right? So that, that's always been one of my major points of contention with some of the way these regulations are formulated. The fines can either be punitive, taking and causing companies to, you know, remediate and, and change their behavior, or like so many of the things that, that companies are forced to deal with in this day and age, they can be looked at the cost of business. Is taking and adding another 1% of your total spend on security compliance, is that really going to be a huge deal breaker? It, it, you know, I, when you look at it from a percentage aspect, maybe it won't be. When you look at it from a sheer number point of view, it's, it's embarrassingly bad. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you that that is an interesting conversation. And I know that there are plenty of companies out there that, again, regardless of what the actual number is, when you take and say that you can continue doing everything that you're doing right now and just take a 1% hit annually based on 
your overall profits or income or whatever it is the number is going to basically be based on, that they're going to take that option because it's cheaper than taking and doing anything else. Right, right. If, if, if it's going to be cheaper to take the fine than it would be to actually fix the problem, you're going to take the fine. Now, what's really interesting is that this, of course, is not the, the first time that uh, Facebook slash Meta has been fined. Um, in fact, between Facebook, Meta, and WhatsApp, which is owned by uh, Meta, they've actually had a total of two billion five hundred forty-five million euros uh, fined, which is actually sixty-four percent of all of the GDPR fines which have been issued since the beginning. So, so Meta is 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 paying over half of the entire fines, even though it's been. Uh, 1,646 fines issued. And, and really not a surprise there, right? When you start talking about what the kind of application that is going to have the greatest impact on privacy and those kind of considerations, not really surprised to me that Facebook, Meta, those folks are going to have the greatest amount of exposure. Right behind there is our friends in the search engines industry, and we won't even get into any of that kind of stuff. But I understand that. I mean, I understand that that's where those fines are going to be coming from. My question is, so $2.5 in fines, obviously it really hasn't changed the way they do business. I haven't seen any indications that it's going to change the way that they do business. And so, you again, the question that you got to ask yourself, is this just a slap in the wrist? Is this something that you know, they're actually going to make substantial changes on to improve. A fine without any wholesale change is nothing more than just a glorified use tax, you know, unless you take and also have some requirement to do business in the EU, you're going to have to make these kind of wholesale changes. But again, to, to your point, those kind of fines obviously aren't taking and changing what they're doing. I don't really foresee them changing what they're going to do. Well, and let's look at why they were actually fined. So they weren't fined because the data wasn't being protected or anything like that. They were fined because Meta Facebook was transferring data from EU servers to U.S. servers that contained information about EU residents. That's it. That was that was why they were fined. Now, when you have a global platform such as Facebook, how do you avoid that? How do you prevent somebody from the U.S. accessing the data for, for the EU unless you actually build a wall between the two sections of the platform? Then you no longer have a global platform in, anyway. I've heard that conversation across the board, too. Do you have a separate Internet for the EU? Do you have a separate Internet for the United States? We already see that in some very not free speech friendly places like North Korea and, and obviously China is to a degree that way. I read somewhere just recently that in, in North Korea, you can access like nine websites total and you have to have permission to access the nine websites. So again, very interesting in the grand scheme of things. I don't know what that real solution is in that regard. If you want to maintain a global presence, how you can take and have a completely separated platform. What what happens when I take and go to Europe to visit and bring my phone with me? That does Am I only allowed to communicate with servers back in the United States? Can I not have any friends based out of Europe? Is that Or, or do my European friends have to then have a US-based account? I mean, uh, again, right. you, you can start taking and playing all these questions in your mind. It, it starts getting a little bit ridiculous after a while. The other question that I have, you, you mentioned that they have 
you know, something approaching two and a half billion euros in fines. How many of those dollars have they actually paid? I, and I don't know what that number is, but I bet you it ain't 2.5 billion. No, no. So, I, and I know that Meta is, is definitely appealing this latest ruling, and I'm sure they appealed the rest of them too. Why? And, and, but I mean, why they are appealing, I'm sure they're not paying, right? And they're going to appeal until either the law changes or we all turn to dust, right? Because that's, that's what their legal team is. That's why they have the legal team that they have, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So, yeah, re- really interesting news in, in that regard from a data privacy consideration. And, and I find it interesting that the, the main concern that the EU has isn't that, that Meta isn't trying to protect the data. It's that they're concerned that Meta, by transferring the data from the EU to the U.S., that it then gives the the U.S. government the ability to subpoena and and use warrants to obtain that data, and that that you know, which is really interesting. That okay, so we're not concerned that there's actually privacy concerns here or security concerns. We just don't want the, the U.S. government to have access to our. Uh, residents data without us giving the permission it it is interesting and you know obviously this is another one of those political conversations that i don't want to dive too deeply into but i you then hear you know i think it was even earlier just recently where the eu wants to ban end-to-end encryption on different kinds of communications devices so on and so forth with Spain basically asking for there to be a backdoor. As you well know, as a security professional, and as I well know, backdoors in the security are not backdoors. They are basically floodgates. And you're, you're basically saying that, well, you can have encryption, but only if we get to see everything that you're doing. So that whole situation is a little bit weird too. We could get into the whole conversation too about whether it's okay for some organizations or some governments to have access to data while it's not okay to have for some governments to have access to that data. Why is it okay to volunteer and agree to a subpoena from a US court, but not a Chinese court or even vice versa? Why is it okay to acquiesce to a German demand, but not a U.S. demand or a Japanese demand or a Indian demand or whatever have you. And of course, as you well know, all these different localities have different privacy regulations, different security regulations. And I'm not disparaging any one or any all of those. Some of them are better than others. Some of them are more strict than others. Some of them are directly related to the people that they're trying to protect. Okay, I get all of that. No problems there. But then you basically then have the corporations, Facebooks, Apples, Googles, whatever have you, basically acting as another quasi-governmental agency deciding which subpoenas to address, which ones not to, which ones to fight, and which ones just to flat out ignore. Well, that gets a little bit scary too. So again, that, that could be another whole podcast in and of itself. Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that now we've got, you know, all this focus on privacy protection of user data but at the same time then we're opening all that privacy you know we're throwing that privacy out the window and 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 you and i both know as cybersecurity professionals that well you put in that back door it's going to be more than just the government's going to be using that back door the the malicious actors are going to figure out how to get in as well so so you're defeating your own purposes yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a free-for-all for the malicious actors, right? I mean, they, they're going to find the back door, and everybody in the world, it'll be on the dark web five minutes later, and that'll be the end of the story. So anyway, I, again, obviously a topic that could be a very hot-button topic for a lot of people. 
I appreciate your comments today, Ken. I appreciate those that are listening to the podcast today. I hope that you found this interesting. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Continue listening to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness podcast. And uh, always uh, send over some comments and let us know if there's other topics you'd like us to discuss. With that, have a great day. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.